tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Austrian Grand Prix edition. Tommy went for the longer wave today. Very exciting indeed. So we're here for round two at the Rebel Ring this season. And uh, of course, alongside me, I have Tommy, the founder of WTF1. Don't have anything really to say apart from that. Just He's just gorgeous, isn't he? And Katie, <laughs> the WTF1 editor, who has been working relentlessly with the amount of penalties going on. Uh, do, have you kind of been able to sort of read letters still Casey's like your your eyes gone a little bit funny after I was dreaming about penalties last night which is yeah. a bad thing yeah not probably ideal. still not as many as what happened in real life but uh, that will be something that we speak about hello everybody to uh, the team WTF1 members that are watching live as well uh, which is awesome we've just launched our WTF1 discord for team WTF1 members so uh, please do go, go visit wtf1.com forward slash team WTF1 if you want to find out more about team WTF1 and how you can join and all the amazing things that you get yeah all the good is both physical and virtual okay three word race reviews let's dive into it naran harwanwi hawani says five second penalty blake.b underscore underscore god damn it alonzo and ej.baran33 max verstappen domination (laughs) i love the god damn it alonzo that i could feel that one i think a lot of us were probably feeling quite similar although the battle was amazing uh but i'm sure we've got lots to dive into uh, for this Austrian Grand Prix podcast. But Katie, why don't you kick us off with three-word race? My three-word race review is best national anthem. No, it's not really. But that was an amazing national anthem to start. Um, mine is sort it out. And that is in reference to the massive penalties that are handed out over the weekend. We had 13 separate um, penalties handed out. And, you know, the FIA were made fun of for handing out so many. But to be honest, I think even more were deserved um, you know, for example, Bottas blocking and qualifying and the not respecting double wave yellow flags after the Kimi and Seb incident in which eight drivers were investigated for that. Only two got a penalty. Um, and of course, Lando's penalty and Checo's penalty. There were so many to talk about. And it's a shame that for what was a fairly eventful Austrian Grand Prix, especially in comparison to the week before, um, has now just been completely overshadowed with penalty chat. But I mean, I literally do nothing but talk about penalties and penalty points. So I've got pages of notes for this podcast and I'm going to go off on a rant. Lovely. Uh, Shall we just leave it to you then, Katie? Uh, Me and Tom will have the rest of the afternoon off. Just sign (laughs) off. Perfect. Um, But yeah, I I agree with in terms of the amount of penalties was quite overwhelming, wasn't it? And being able to keep up exactly with what was going on in the race with no real graphic from what I could see in terms of like, you know, didn't really have anything to absorb exactly, you know, who still has a penalty to serve, who has already served their penalties, etc. So it was quite difficult to especially if you're a newer fan, to keep on top of exactly what's going on in the race. I mean, fair enough. Some of the penalties were absolute slam dunks, i.e. Yuki Sonoda not being able to get round the white line. Tommy, get ready to shout in London. Oh. <laughs> that's not that's not the deal. That was the deal. No, it's the Ocon Alonso one. Oh, Ocon Alonso. I forget. See, someone was saying it on, on Twitter, and then, look, I think you should still 
do that. <laughs> that London. If, if you have to do the Alonso one as well, <laughs> to be fair, it doesn't, doesn't look likely. Uh, but yeah, the penalties were you know thick and fast. Obviously, some of them are, we will d- debate about the, the actual on-track incidents, the overtakes, the attempted overtakes. Um, and it's always very much, you know, up to the stewards. There's no hard and fast rule that you do X, you get a penalty, or you don't do X and you don't get a penalty. It's always very much case by case basis, which sometimes is good, but sometimes can f- cause quite a bit of confusion. Yeah, the strangest thing that Katie sort of mentioned as well is we were literally at this track the week before and nothing happened uh, other than <laughs> Bottas spinning in the pit lane. And I can't remember any of the penalties, so there probably wasn't that much interesting. Um, I feel like Katie's now going to look at what penalties oh there were last week. Yeah, but, yeah, it was actually 42. But I don't remember a race where there were quite so many penalties. And it's so bizarre that we were at that very track Everyone was expecting, we had so many questions on the last podcast saying, are we just going to get steering GP part two, exactly the same order, nothing really happening. And it was chaos. And while it's quite easy to go laugh at the FAA, you guys are right. Part of it as well was that a lot of driving standards just seemed to go out the window, which is very odd for when you've just raced on the track. You think you'd do it in the first race and then calm down for the second one, but it was quite the opposite yes Yuki Tsunoda got a penalty for impeding Bottas and Styria that was the other penalty last there you week. go there we okay. go of course it was Yuki got my notes <laughs> well actually according let me check to the, the article article yes <laughs> <laughs> very much on top of it love it Katie um let's go let's dive straight into our first question which will be very interesting to debate from team WTF1 member Marcus thoughts on the Lando Perez and both the Perez Charles incidents was the penalties fair? Right. Let's start with Sergio and old Lando. Um, of course, that a lot of people thought that happened on lap one, including myself, were in internet special reactions, but it actually didn't. It happened on lap four, didn't it, after the safety car? But it felt like lap one because those first three laps were a little bit nullified. But um, yeah, it's, I've kind of been going backwards and forwards about the whole thing because you kind of look at the rules and there is actually a video going out hopefully tomorrow uh, about all the overtaking rules in formula one and what you can and can't do. Uh, but when you actually look at the rule book, Perez deserved space. That's bait that when you look at it, he was side by side with Lando going into turn four. And that's what you need as a driver trying to take around the outside. You have to be side by side. If it's on the inside, it's half a car length. So you look at the replay. He's very much wheel to wheel. You can then argue on Lando's side. Well, you're putting your, self in a quite a perilous situation where Lando's obviously going to try and defend the position and he's going to naturally move out wide but for me when I was hearing the commentary saying yeah but I just want hard fair you know hard hard racing that for me isn't hard racing and there's a difference between being pushed off the track and onto runoff and there's a difference between being pushed off into a gravel trap so there's clearly two different rules there that are kind of very gray because you know, if you push someone off on the runoff area, there's not usually a penalty because they can carry on and keep battling. But because they dipped a wheel on the gravel, that's the battle over. So for me, I thought Lando's penalty is fair in terms of what you look at is the rulings right now. I'm not saying that's what I agree with, because I would rather it be more a case of understanding the whole situation. And maybe, you know, it's a bit of a racing incident. It's one lap after a safety car. But if you look at the rules, it deserved a penalty. Yeah, I was... Similar to you, when, when, to be honest, when I first saw it, my initial thought was, that's a bit dodgy from Lando. I think you might get a penalty there or at least it being looked into because we've all 
for anyone that plays racing games, I absolutely despise it when you make a perfectly legitimate move and you have your car alongside and the person in front of you just pretends you're not there and just runs wide and into the gravel. So I can understand Perez's frustrations. Obviously, he did the very same thing later on. Um, So I can understand his frustrations there because the thing you mentioned is the commentators were really going ham on this whole like, oh, it's stopping. We don't want to stop wheel-to-wheel racing. It's like that was stopping wheel-to-wheel racing because Lando essentially just pushed him off the track rather than if he'd tried to get more on the inside, I think he would have, you know, they could have gone around the corner for uh, like into the next corner side by side and then you're getting wheel-to-wheel racing. I think George Russell and Alonso is the perfect example of that. Those two, that was brilliant they they were so tough on each other but fair they always gave the room even the move where Lan, uh, Alonso tried to go around the outside of Russell he gave the space on the outside a car's width which I think you should do and I think that is fair and I think that's the FAA's way of saying look you can't you can't do this because I don't, I don't want to see the person in front is able to just push the other car off the track I guess my issue with it was I don't understand why they can't, and maybe maybe this is for, for the next question, but I don't understand why they can't use a black and white flag like they used to, where they say, look, do that again and you're in trouble. They did it with, um, I think it was Leclerc and yeah, uh, Hamilton in Monza. And obviously Lando would have got a warning to know that next time maybe if Hamilton tried to do it around the outside, he can't do that again or he's getting in trouble. Um, and maybe Perez, again, wouldn't have done it for the second time on Leclerc because he knows he would have been in trouble. So, yeah, I think I'm not surprised they did something. I personally don't think it needed to be maybe that much of a harsh penalty. You could just give people a warning and that would that would allow, you know, the racing that we want to see. But I guess in, on the same on the same sort of thinking on that front you know you say that you know getting a warning but then you the stewards are then saying what you've done is wrong but we're not going to penalize for you and Perez has gone down to eighth or ninth so then obviously Red Bull maybe would be like well you've just accepted that Lando's done something wrong but you're telling me that he doesn't deserve a penalty so then you have that conversation maybe as well where it's even trickier because you know it was so weird to see the Leclerc Hamilton battle in 2019 and at the Italian Grand Prix where he you know pushed uh, Hamilton off but it was only a black and white flag we didn't really see much of that at all did we and then it just kind of popped up we were like oh okay we've got a middle ground now but then it hasn't really been used since as you say so it's a bit mm. it's just a weird one because I guess Hamilton was able to carry on quite closely again to Leclerc you know he wasn't really affected as much as maybe Perez was but that kind of just goes back to my point about it all being a massive grey area where is it measured that how much did Sergio lose as well as the racing incident and you know Katie, what do you think? So I thought the whole thing was a racing incident. I don't think that Lando deserved the penalty. From my personal opinion, I think Perez was just a little bit too ambitious with that. Um, and, you know, as a result, ended up going onto the gravel and dropping back. And that was the way that the incident was like served. Perez lost places as a result of it. Um, and then I feel like, if you're comparing it, which a lot of people did, to the incident last year, which literally happened on this day a year ago, which was the Hamilton and Albin incident, you know, for me, that was deserving of a penalty, not like 
a slam dunk, but it deserved to be investigated and, and some sort of um, reprimand given um, because album was ahead and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like you say, it just turns into a gray area of like, what is racing? And then what is pushing another driver off of the track? And yeah, it's it's just unfortunate that it's become such a big talking point. I mean, like if we listen to the team radio during the race, people like Christian Horner, I think fully accepted that it was a racing incident, maybe even leaning more towards it being Perez's fault because they kind of thought, oh, well, that'll be that. Um, and then for the under investigation graphic to come up, I think as soon as that came up, I was like, uh, oh, this is this is probably huh? not going to be too good for Lando. How much do you think that Horner maybe not being that fussed about it was the fact that Lando was ahead of two Mercedes while Verstappen was in the lead? <laughs> yeah, not too yeah, fast. Too... Yeah. 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 Oh, go on. No, leave him there. That'd be fine <laughs> for us. That's a good point, actually. It's a very good point. Uh, but what, what I will say as well is I think, I don't think it's any surprise that it happened twice at that corner and without going back to another whole different argument it happened last year with Alex Albon and Hamilton as well I think it's what it is the nature of the circuit being a quite uh that corner as well being you know one of those corners where you kind of dip down and run slightly wide and the fact that there is a gravel trap on the outside whereas a lot of time we see that where and I'm not going to pretend that I've not been this person where someone bumps them a little wide and there's runoff there so they can carry on side by side and I'm kind of like come on let like carry on racing that's you know that's just wheel to wheel racing um but yeah when there's a gravel trap there and you're running them into it maybe maybe that's like a little more harsh but then like like we're saying it's just every single incident is so different and there's so many gray areas it's not a case of exactly. football where the ball goes over the line it's a goal it's not f1 isn't like that exactly uh it, you know it comes down to the stewards at the end of the day you know I, i'm not saying that there needs to be a rewriting of the rules but there clearly needs to be maybe a bit more clarification on if you are side by side you have to give a, no but there is i mean to be fair i say that that is what it says there in the is, rules yeah but then there are some incidents that aren't penalized for that, i.e. bit pushing a car off the track, but there's not the consequence of gravel. So that, that's the reason why Lando probably didn't open the door more is because, well, look, I might get away with this and I'm going to fight Perez the whole way. You know, I'm going to try and keep this P2. So it's just it's the inconsistency of the stewarding sometimes, which mm. leads for this to happen. One thing as well that I want to point out was qualifying on the Saturday and how obviously we saw Sebastian Vettel was penalised for impeding Fernando Alonso's qualifying lap, extremely frustrating. And Alonso said afterwards, like, he's not really putting the full blame on Vettel. Obviously, he was the car that forced him to end the lap and, and not get into Q3 as a result. But there were drivers and cars ahead of Vettel that had slowed into turn nine, which the drivers were specifically told in the driver's briefing, do not do, this is black and white, this is concrete. And then they did it in qualifying and it's just brushed under the rug. And it's like, well, how do you expect the drivers to take you seriously if you're not going to, you know, put a, some serious ground rules down and say, no, you broke the rules. We told you literally 24 hours ago, you shouldn't do that. You're getting a penalty because otherwise they're just going to abuse the system if they see Michael Massey and the stewards as pushovers. Absolutely. You know, you have to take that dominance, don't you, as uh, as stewards and as Michael Massey, the race director, you know, you have to be able to be consistent and clear with, you know, what you're, you're asking the, the drivers to do. And well, I guess let's move on to Perez and, and, 
and Charles incidents, they were consistent with the fact that it was very similar, if not maybe slightly more aggressive from Perez, who it, it felt like there was a bit of aggression there, a bit of, you know, annoyance that, you know, Lando did that to him. So, well, I'm going to do it to, to Charles, but I'm surprised that Red Bull didn't tell him he got a five second penalty for that, mate. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then again, he probably also saw how much uh, Lando gained from that, you know, keeping that position. He may have got five second penalty, but you know, at the end of the day, those five seconds wasn't really anything, you know, it didn't impact him at all. Cause he just took it in the pit stops and still managed to get a podium. It's, oh, it's such a weird one. Obviously I ha- we uh, see in his post-race interview at Sergio's, you know, obviously he was saying, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to race this way. And he was apologetic to Charles. So maybe it was more just in the moment, you know, it's kind of like jog on, but you know, on reflection, he clearly knew that maybe he had been a bit uh, over the top, especially maybe oh, not even the, the second move wasn't over the top as such. It was more, he just got a kick of oversteer caused Charles to, to run wide. Like you don't see many drivers go side by side there. And he was just trying to defend, got on the power a little bit too early swapper. And I was kind of a bit like, Oh, you know, that that's, for me, I'm like, is that a racing incident? Because he didn't mean to push him wide, but I guess it's a slight mistake from him, which caused Leclerc's massive anger. But um, overall, looking at the rule book, I think all three penalties were fair in terms of if you look at it in black and white. But I think we could debate it all day as to whether we believe that that should have been a racing incident. Yeah, it's it's the it's one of those things where, yes, according to the rule book, it is a rule should the rule book be yeah but then the rule book doesn't say it's this penalty but then you can't write rules for everything it is a difficult one uh I'm, it is a really difficult situation I, it's easy to sort of mock the the stewards a lot um because uh, everyone's making like everyone well everyone's got a different opinion you only have to look at online or even you know pundits and ex-drivers they all seem to have different opinions so whatever the stewards decide they're not going to please anyone everyone are they yeah i think the, the terms armchair experts is what we all are but until you're actually oh, there maybe yourself Kenji. i have a simulator <laughs> oh <I> get you <laughs> um but no it's uh it's a difficult one in my opinion i would say those three incidents that we've discussed were all racing incidents i think the worst of the three was perez and the clerk at turn four but i still think that that was a racing incident and didn't deserve a, a harsh penalty maybe a little bit of an unpopular opinion um but my in my opinion the things that the fia and the stewards need to be strict on are for the things that matter like we all know dangerous driving when we see it causing a collision that could result in serious harm or injury penalty being allowed to drive around not wearing a seatbelt penalty you know not slowing down for double wave yellow flags when there's potential marshals on track penalty but when it comes to things like this um like the Norris and the Perez and Leclerc incidents this is where like the inconsistency chat comes into it and that kind of word because it's very subjective as to what was you know uh deserving of a penalty or not i think in terms of penalty points and once again this is something else that we'll talk about as well like yeah there needs to be a clear set of rules where if you do any of the above then it's simple as like you get the penalty kind of thing but we'll talk about it more in later points but i personally think that we should see 
a permanent set of stewards rather than them chopping and changing every other race weekend. Like I know that it's probably been done to stop any unconscious bias or, you know, favoritism for maybe an ex driver. Like I've made some notes of people, I think maybe somebody like Felipe Massa or even Sparrow or Alex Wirtz, obviously he's got the links with the um, GD, wait, G, GPDA. I always get that the wrong way around. <laughs> I nearly said GDPA as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but having, Figures like that who have recent, I say recent, like Mass is the most recent of those three, but somebody with recent experience that can come from a driver's perspective and offer help and advice because as well, and, and this is kind of going off on a tangent a bit, but like with Baku and that pit lane entry, like that was so dangerous. And people like Nico Rosberg were pointing it out in like a simulation that they were doing on their YouTube. And for Michael Massey to turn around and basically be like, babes, you don't know what you're talking about is absolutely fine. That's not a good look for the FIA when an ex F1 world champion is criticizing safety. And I feel like they do need somebody who has recently left F1 or something like that to come on board as a steward, as a voice of reason and say, you know, I'm going to work maybe on the mm. same level as the FIA race director and help enforce these rules and these regulations and stuff because at the moment it's like just so sporadic and it, it you know people online are saying oh they're just picking these penalties out of a hat like formula one is in a very dangerous place if people seem to think that there is like an a bias from michael massey on certain drivers in the grid and you know the things are going unpunished that should get penalties because it's dangerous and at the end of the day it's human life that is being put at risk here with these things but anyway that's the end of my rant oh, we weren't lying about Casey Fairman the podcast <laughs> yeah, I've literally um, got so many notes just you're, getting, you're getting lots of claps in the chat Katie. Yeah, like, I am. you, you oh, made very good points guys. about the stewards uh, I completely agree with that I think the inconsistencies are almost there, you know, because you have so many old, really old drivers coming in and that don't really understand modern Formula One. You know, you need those sort of relevant, but also don't are not biased. I can I can see the the problem in picking people that want to go and do it as well. Like there's there's probably a very few that fit all of our criteria, but I agree. I think there needs to be a bit more um, consistency with that, and then hopefully we'll see more consistent decisions as well. You'd, you'd like to think they'd just be able to look back at what they've done before and be consistent but that's far too much to ask isn't it uh, right we interrupt this wtf1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode manscaped manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game they have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 which comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine this is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. Their third generation trimmers feature a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can also adjust settings to get a length that you like and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new blade refill for your Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Next up, we have another question. Uh, Vero Belsal, how were the penalties evaluated? Is there a rule specifically for the Lando Perez situation, for example? I think we've kind of covered that in terms of just the fact that it's all very grey. And for me, 
it just needs to, I think it needs to be clarified that because I'm not a fan of drivers being run off a track. So for me, I didn't enjoy either of the turn four incidents really with Lando and Shelby, sorry, with uh, Sergio and Shelby being pushed off the track. I think both of those, in my opinion, I wasn't a fan of being pushed off. I think that the, the driver has a, a slight responsibility there, but that needs to be clarified. You know, if there's gravel there, they can't push them off. If there's a little bit of tarmac, fine. You know, there's, maybe there's a little bit more relaxation there. That's what a track walks for, you know, to know the places where you can maybe push a driver or not. Anyway, that's, I think, the way we get hard racing and maybe the fairest. Um, another question, K Moy's fitness. What needs to change to improve the consistency? Well, there you go. I mean, you've pretty much answered that. that was right. Yeah. Let's move on. Tommy, three word race for you, please. Mine is penalty point chaos. And <laughs> we've obviously gone in on the whole five second penalties. There were many of them. Um, but this is now about penalty points, and there were a lot dished out over the weekend, a lot. Um, and again, it does feel like sometimes they're being given out for the wrong reasons, and it's almost like it has happened that I said where the FIA surely aren't going to ban a driver look at so so for, i'm sure a lot of people have seen our graphic the land is on 10 yes it will get reduced to eight before the next race but for for purposes say let's say it is on 10 or even 11 and 12 is a race ban should that driver really get banned for a blue flag like getting in the way of someone in qualifying or like yuki Sonoda got two penalty points for Let's be honest, a very silly mistake, and it shouldn't have been done twice, but that's not the point. It's not dangerous, really, like what he did. Um, and it just seems like these penalty points should be for things like speeding under yellows, which we can go on to a little bit because um, I know Katie, uh, again, has a, has a little rant about seeing oh. like the, the yellow flag. It's re You're right, though, because I... I we had a little chat about it before that, you know, it's, it's so dangerous. Um, but speeding under yellow flags, crashing into another car, yes. But you end up in this ridiculous situation where how how is it only two points for for something and then one point for, like, Gasly stopping in his wrong box in, mm. on the grid? Like, that's not what you should be getting your way towards a race ban. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, there needs to be penalty points for things. I, I can kind of understand why the white line thing is a penalty point sort of hard and fast rule throughout the entire season, because probably, you know, it is just if you cross the pit lane line, exit line, entry line, whatever, you get a penalty. I think when you start to go, well, Austria isn't particularly dangerous, so we won't give a penalty point out for here. But if you do it somewhere else, we'll give you a penalty point. So I feel like that's probably the reason why they give penalty points out there is because, you know, it's just for the whole season otherwise if you keep changing everything you know you've got track limits you've got this that and the other it's going to be quite difficult to keep a, a, a head of, uh, you know sort of an idea of exactly track, what's track limits on. is another one i just should mention as well like that gets a penalty point and is that putting people in danger and you should be you know one twelfth on your way to a race ban for maybe dipping a wheel slightly wide in, on a couple of laps and yeah give them a penalty in the race to totally fine it's cheating like you're you know they're they're the track limits rule but why 
why why are they taking a step forward to a race ban for something as yeah. so pathetic as that and not the yellow flag incident that a lot of people got away with when they probably shouldn't by the look of it yeah because a lot of people did didn't they but uh, a few people didn't i think mazepin was one that didn't mazepin and latifi and latifi went Everyone obviously got into their little prayer rituals for 30 second penalties to help Russell get into the points, but that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think some of the penalty points are, you know, I think we've, we've had this discussion before. I think it was maybe after Imola. I can't remember what, exactly when, but mm, you know, where some are pretty, some are pretty irrelevant and shouldn't be in, you know, given any points for and some aren't given enough uh darak ashan says how is it that sonoda raikkonen and norris all got two penalty points doesn't make sense because the vettel kimi crash was more dangerous i can understand the difficulties in being able to put point like you know if you go case by case basis on things that are really 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 dangerous and then really dangerous and then dangerous where do you kind of stop so causing a collision uh, it it's such a difficult thing to to do that I don't really have the answer, but I can understand why it's a consistent ruling if you cause a collision or if you, you know, create a dangerous situation. Uh, I mean, Sonoda getting two penalty points and then Raikkonen, who literally drove into the side of Vettel in my head, doesn't really compute. But then if it's in the rules that one is crossing a white line and you do it twice, that's, that's how you get two. It's, exactly. The, it's, it messes with my mind, this whole thing. It's just It's just a blub. Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly in the same boat as you guys. Like, I think penalty points is an important part of F1 and the licenses and stuff like that, because it shouldn't just be that if you do something really stupid, you might get a time penalty in the race. And, you know, if you're not even running top 10, that's not really going to affect you. And then there's nothing to stop you from doing that weekend after weekend and getting a bad reputation for being a dangerous driver. So I understand that the reason for points on your license but like you say when there are people like Pierre Gasly you know he's had a very clean record and he only has one penalty point on his license and that is for being out of position at the start of the race on his grid box it's not like he was parked you know 90 degrees off of his pit box he was literally millimeters away from where he should have been and he got given a penalty point um but looking through the list um, and the article that we've got on WTF1.com if you're interested to see hello. how many points hello a little plug there <laughs> how many points your favorite driver has um there are drivers on here like Max Verstappen has no penalty points and Tommy and I were having this discussion earlier that you know sometimes Max Verstappen is maybe seen as being a bit of an aggressive bit of a roughy tufty on track no penalty points he's very well behaved <laughs> um but somebody like Sergio Perez he is on eight penalty points after the four that he was given yesterday. I think the only person to have got nearly that many in a race weekend recently was Sebastian Vettel in Bahrain at the first race this year when he picked up five. Um, but yeah, eight penalty points. His next one, he has one point that expires 16th of August and the next one expires in September. So he's already picked up six penalty points, which is halfway to a ban this season already. And we've only just finished round nine. Um, and what, scared me yesterday and I put it out on Twitter was that he was one of the eight people investigated for not respecting double yellows and that is three penalty points so he would have been on 11 penalty points 12 as a race ban and you know we've not had it yet where a driver has been suspended for a race because they've exceeded their penalty points but it can happen and you know yes they, Red Bull might draft in Alex Albon. They can put another driver in that car. It's not like they can't run that side of the garage for the weekend. They can bring in a replacement. Um, but also, 
and it's something that I don't quite know how they should approach it, but I don't really agree with this method, is that once you hit those 12 points and you have your suspension, like your points are just m- removed, they're void. So I don't know. It's <laughs> like, Can you it's imagine if you hit, you hit 12, get banned, come back and you have 11 again? So you're like, right, you don't do Well, I think there should be the... something. <laughs> yeah, it's, I hard don't know. To, it's hard to know because I guess yeah, there is some what, flaw but... in that system. But like, yeah, yeah. you should... you you can wipe them but then it argues that if you do something dangerous again in your next yeah you've not learned your yeah, you come back position you on your get... grid box banned again I wonder... <laughs> that might be a bit much but yeah i know lando is gonna have two taken off um before the british grand prix so he's currently got 10 but he'll have two taken off because he got them on the 10th of july that being said he's still gonna have Eight, eight for the rest, which of the season, expired to November, and that's a lot of races. And if you think, you know, you can get one penalty point for blocking someone in qualifying, that's yeah, they he's on. He, add up quite quickly. They can add up quite quickly, and they have. Like, I'm looking at Yuki Yuki Sonoda. He's a he's a rookie, so he's got essentially till April, and he's a quarter of the way there. <laughs> But you look at the things that he's actually getting, you know, he's a third of the way to a race ban as a rookie for crossing two white lines, blocking someone in qualifying and track limits. It is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, how it's, done. It's, it's hard to it's hard to know how it can work, really. But yeah, I'd, we move. Yeah, another one. One more thing, did want want to mention. I'm sure K2 like will go in even more. But there was a <laughs> a good tweet thread from Sam Collins where he was looking at the sector times of the people. Um, I can't remember if he tweeted it before the penalties were given or after. Um, but even the people that didn't get penalties did not really slow down. Um, I don't think two tenths off your fastest lap is slowing for yeah. double waved yellows when there's marshals on the track. Because there was actually team radios as well, wasn't there? I think Carlos came over like, uh, so did you see I slowed down a lot for that uh, that yellow flag? And I think Perez was like, I lost so much time in that yellow flag period. And you they look at the sectors and they were, it was like 0. 0.2 of a second. Mm. He was like, guys, I'm, I'm slowing down. Are you listening, stewards? I, I yeah. slowed down a lot, okay? If you're listening to this, don't check the sector times. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of stuff, again, if, unless you're like the nitty-gritty big F1 fan or tech guru, you're not going to look into that. So most of the fans will be like, okay, fine, all right, well, whatever. But when you actually look into it, you go, hmm, where is the line? What is it? Mm. What is the percentage that they need to slow down? Is that a hard and fast rule again? I don't know. Like, that's Formula One for you, isn't it? Yeah. Moving on. Well, because I've No, like- no, I'm not moving on. I want to talk about this. Oh, no. <laughs> about penalty I'll be, I'll, I'll be really quick. I'll be really quick. The penalty so, point podcast. Sorry. No, on. no, no. This will this is We've not to had do one with... of these for a while. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I need to get this out in the open. You know, it's been building up for a long time. Right, Tommy, take your headset off us. <laughs> yeah, don't make yourself a drink. I'll be fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so I understand that the FIA has more evidence and telemetry than us armchair experts have and stuff, but with all of this AWS data and F1 TV allowing onboards with every driver throughout the race, it does mean that videos and information on sector times and stuff like that is now made available to the public and they can make observations and say, you know, you don't think that's fair. But from looking at the space of a month or whatever or the last four races like in Baku we had 
evidence of all of these drivers who did not slow down for when Max Verstappen had his tyre blowout and that was extremely dangerous on the start finish straight and for me the like nobody got penalized for that even though it was evident that certain drivers like both alphas had their foot to the floor going through that like there was no evidence of slowing down but Michael Massey said too many people did it I can't penalize everyone all that kind of stuff and people will then just take that attitude and run with it and try and get away with whatever they can and yeah Mazepin and Latifi were the only two who were given this 30 second penalty post-race and the three penalty points for it but from my personal opinion and from those also online, like you say, ex-pundits and Sam Collins and such, to me, it didn't look like they slowed down enough, especially, and I, this is just a little personal like thing from me, but with the incredible um, Max Verstappen fans, I think they have the Orange Army, that's what they're called. Um, they love a good old flair, don't they? And they were setting off tons of flares after the end of the race when Max was what well, had won the race and to a driver coming around that turn where Vettel and Raikkonen had crashed it's probably quite easy at such high speeds and on a blind corner to come around that corner one the flares might have slightly affected visibility of these panels on the side of the road I know they've got engineers in their ears telling them that these incidents have happened and stuff like that but also judging that there's been a crash because there's pictures that I've seen of the flares and the wind is blowing over to the direction of where the crash is. And then you see where the drivers have gone off in the gravel and have also kicked up a lot of dust. And it could be quite easy to come around that corner and misjudge the scenario anyway and think, oh, it's just a flare that's gone off and not, oh, the driver has had a crash here. And um, for that, like the drivers for me were just still going far too quickly and call it, you know, you know, I don't know what you could call it, like a conspiracy or luck or whatever, but the people, so Perez, Science, Leclerc, Giovinazzi, Ricardo and Gasly were all given no further action for the incident. However, Mazepin and Latifi, both of those not in the top 10 who could be penalised and it wouldn't really affect their race results too much were given this penalty. Call it what you will, but to me, it's a little bit suspicious. And yeah. I think, yeah, that's my It's very my coincidental rant. that the two, yeah. the two drivers are the ones that, it doesn't affect the result at all. Yeah, I will keep my Obviously. answers to 30 seconds from now on, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Rant number two, is everyone is everyone counting? Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it is, it's not something that we have access to really. Um, I mean, I love how you say that the stewards have all this telemetry, but the only way they found out that Hamilton was uh, speeding under yellow flags the other time was was on the onboard from Sky or F1 TV. Red Bull's yeah. camera or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it was an F1 yeah. tweet, wasn't it? A tweet yeah. from F1. That's, that's what I mean. So that, that's when you think, ah, did they check everything? Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I don't really, I, the fact that, you know, the flares might have gone over the yellow flag sign stuff isn't really an excuse when you have yellow flags on your steering wheel mm -hmm. as well they will be notified in every which way possible that that there would be an, an incident so they have to slow down you know if they see flares don't be going through that at <laughs> at maximum speed but yeah it's uh clearly a bit of a conspiracy that katie's started stirring the pot on oh, so no, i look don't. forward to seeing everybody's uh, comments on the stewards being i'm uh, gonna get assassinated by michael massey for starting something here <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna he'll be just, my last podcast guys it's been fun it's been a no, pleasure he'll just, he'll just send you out as a steward onto a live track that's what he likes to do doesn't it sometimes he does it's a joke like 
the things that we've are, no, we've, we've yeah. said many times about Michael Massey and the things that he's done, it's uh, not exactly been safe. And I wonder if he'll be still be in this job by the end of the year. Um, that's that's my question. Does he have a contract, or does he just stay for a certain amount of time? I have no idea. No idea. Cool. It's probably just a sealed document, just like the Ferrari stuff that we will never see. Right. Moving on. Three word rest review. Mine. Lando still <laughs> rises. Uh, I think oh, yeah. I said something very similar uh, before, but YOLO. Because um, I wanted to talk about Lando and it kind of talks about him rising and also the fact that that's kind of what Land um, Lewis has on his back tattooed, right? So anyway, of course, speaking about Lando Norris's performance and just, you know, he was another level this weekend. Like He's been having an amazing season so far, but this kind of stepped it up another gear for me where he genuinely took the fight to Mercedes, which... You know, an amazing qualifying. And we thought, yeah, he's going to drop off in the race. It's not going to be great. You know, he was saying on the grid that, oh, the sun's coming out. It's not going to be great for us. And But he was on the medium tyre, which, of course, was a great qualifying performance because it was so tight, you know, such a, a short track. And then just, I mean, I still can't really believe it happened, to be honest, where he was able to obviously keep P2, got the got the penalty, then got passed, obviously, by, by Lewis and then by Valtteri, of course, in the pit stop when he had to uh, serve his five-second pit stop. But... He was on Bottas for the rest of the race, really, within about one and a half seconds, which you then look at the gaps behind. I loved it when Lando was told about what Gasly was setting at the start of the race. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I don't care. Don't care. And that was that kind of mentality. It's like, I don't care what people are doing three places behind me. I'm fighting the Mercedes right now. And that's the mentality that you want. Whether we can put him in that ring of Leclerc and Verstappen, I think we can actually start to put a, a couple of toes in. Of course, he hasn't shown that he can win a race, but he's shown that he can fight for podiums and it's still very much up there. You know, he was disappointed to be finishing P3. That just shows the kind of mindset that he has. So yeah, Lando still rises. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. You mentioned that point about him being disappointed. I, I, w I wouldn't say critical of him, but there was definitely a part of me that maybe thought he lacked that kind of nice guys can't win kind of attitude that, of Verstappen's got where you know he he's a bit more um ruthless and and so focused and almost like Lando a lot of the time kind of thought he may, maybe maybe lost his uh tag of this multiple world champion and sort of became like the meme guy um and while was performing extremely well maybe it not to the point where everyone was talking of him as highly as Max George Wait, Russell. Lando's the multiple Leclerc. world champion. Is that what I said? Yeah. Sorry, uh, talking about him as a future <laughs> world champion. Sorry. Lando's a multiple uh, world sorry. champion. Sorry. What year is this? Future world champion. <laughs> yeah, you join us live. Uh, I'm Tommy from the future. Um, no, but. Still at the same, though. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm now 42. Um, yeah, but he's just been unbelievable and like you say disappointed not to finish second in a race where he could genuinely have had off the Mercedes without the penalty potentially especially because Lewis had that issue um crazy stat that I saw I think he had a very good season last year and he scored 97 points in 17 races he's now on 101 points in nine races he's already surpassed his entire season points haul uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. He's for me, he's driver of the year alongside Verstappen. He's just so so good this year. It's been amazing, amazing to see. And it's the it's the consistency as well that's been so impressive. It's not just 
he's delivering when that McLaren is quite good. He's top five every single race apart from one, but top five every single race and has had, is it three podiums now? Mm, three three podiums. Four in total. Yeah, three, yeah. Three, this yeah. Year. three this year. Yeah, three this year. Yeah, amazing. It's, yeah, good to see that it's not just been a fluke because, you know, obviously in Austria last year, um, literally to the day again, um, since Landai got his podium, that was obviously, that came about as a result of the Hamilton penalty. He wasn't fighting for that third place. He was close, but he wasn't there on pace like he was this weekend. Um, so yeah, that was an impressive drive nonetheless, but then to come into this year, I think if you had told me that even throughout the whole of the season, let alone in the first nine races that Lando would have three podiums, I would have been completely like, nah, not Lando, you know, like, I think he's an excellent driver. Don't get me wrong, but I would never have put him in that caliber. Like you say, of the Leclerc's and Verstappen's and stuff like that for me, you know, there's like the top tier and Lando was just shy of that. But this year, his hard work and, you know, working with the team. And I think having Ricardo as well come in, like so many of us, myself included, was like, Ricardo is going to get this easy. Like maybe take him a couple of races to get into it and then he'll completely wipe the floor with Lando. But Lando is just like laughing all the way to the... Bank. Number like, one driver. I was going to say the bank, but he's probably already got a lot of money. But yeah, the number <laughs> one driver. Year on year, he's probably laughing a lot more on, uh, you know, in the bank. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned about Lando and how you thought, yeah, Ricardo would take a while to get up to speed. That one race, the only race he's not finished uh, top five. I think he finished eighth in Barcelona, yeah, and Ricardo, good. Ricardo beat him. I think I even said on this podcast, I was like this is where Lando needs to not be that driver that starts the season really well. Mm. And then maybe like not tails off, but then it's just like, it starts amazingly well. And then, but it's been nine races now. And if he, like say, he's already surpassed his total from last year, which is amazing. So yeah, fair play to him. Fair play indeed. Uh, Running Waffles asks, how do you explain Lando's insane pace this weekend? Is it just pure driver skill or have they brought some upgrades? I don't know the McLaren technical upgrade. Do, you, do either of you have any idea about what they have brought? Good. No. It's, okay, it's, uh, it's, it's the, <laughs> no, I don't. But it's their track, isn't it? Austria. Yeah, yeah they've always track. been strong. And Lando's yeah, as well. I know, I know his podium was fortunate with the Hamilton incident, but he was still P4 even if Hamilton had um, not had that. So um, he's very good at that track it seems to suit mclaren very well he did well last week as well um so yeah i think that that's part of it without to bursting the bubble there will be some other races where he might be able to do this but i think track specific i'd be amazed if he could fight the mercedes and second red bull on a regular basis but um i mean you know, even if he's just banging P5 every single weekend, it's the best he can do. So it's best of the rest, yeah. really, isn't it? So exactly. It, you know, sometimes a driver will just get the setup right as well. You know, obviously it helps the having been there last week and you know, you're hitting the ground kind of running in FP1 this week, or sorry, last week, I guess, technically, for the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, and as we've said, you know, Lando's 
great round there. And the only thing really changed was it was a step softer compounds. And clearly that worked really well with, with Lando. You know, he was able to extract the pace really nicely. And, you know, you kind of think, well, we have McLaren taking a step forward. Danny Rick wasn't exactly extraordinary this weekend. You know, he had a good race and managed to get himself well within the points, but his qualifying was pretty poor. And so it wasn't like, oh, McLaren are now in the, mm. in the sort of fray. It's Lando's in the fray. And he clearly got it right. Clearly loves that track. And I think they'll be very much behind when we come to Silverstone in a couple of weeks. But let's see. Maybe, you know, stranger things have happened, i.e. this weekend just gone with Lando getting P3. Uh, another question. Team WTF1 member from Nathan Haradine. My question for the podcast is, when are F1 fans and experts going to give Lando the proper respect he deserves? I think I probably speak for all of us when I say he's getting that respect. I think like, I don't think there's anyone really disrespecting him. There's a few fans that obviously think he's, you know, a bit of a fraud and oh God, the things you see on Twitter with these. Oh, well, I can, can ignore them. Yeah. Fraud. Yeah, like it's like, geez, and what has the internet become? Uh, but yeah, like you know, some people have said that Lando, you know, will get, get shown, you know, exactly how to drive by Danny Rick coming into the team. And I'm not saying that I didn't expect Lando to be, uh, to do as well as he is because I genuinely thought Daniel was going to beat Lando over the course of a season, but I think this has pretty much silenced all of his haters uh, when it comes yeah. to his actual talent. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, d I did doubt him a bit. Um, I guess the only thing I would say is that while he's been unbelievably consistent, we've seen, for, for me, he's no doubt driver of the year alongside Verstappen. Um, you've kind of alluded this to this before, I think, Matt, as well. Until... And I really hope it happens. I want to see McLaren with with a car that could potentially win a race because I think having a car that you can win a race is a completely different kind of pressure, and um, it's a different ball game because you know we've seen the likes of I'm not comparing him to Hulkenberg because he's got podiums, but Nico Hulkenberg could could be that guy that finished best of the rest every single weekend without fail, but as soon as he had that car to get to do well, he might not have done it. So I'd be, I really hope we see it because how good would it be to see Max Verstappen in a Red Bull, like Charles Leclerc in a Ferrari, Lando in a McLaren, all going for like race, like race winning cars, going for titles together. That's, that's what we can kind of see in the future. And I think that's where he will, that's where for me, if he can do that, he then goes up another level. He's almost there. He's definitely almost there, but then he would be in that bracket. And let's not forget Carlos Sainz when we're talking about young drivers mm. uh, doing well yes. and potentially being in the, the shout of you know world championships because Carlos is driving incredibly well and he is a match for Charles Leclerc at the moment. In a and how race. well Lando's doing and how well Sainz did against Lando mm. is, I think Lando's, yeah, like. Well, Lando said himself, he's like, people really underestimate just how good Carlos Sainz is. And I totally agree with him. Um, yeah. Be interesting. Like, if, if, if Carlos was there now finishing the same-ish position as Lando, sometimes a little bit ahead, God, they could be right in the <laughs> constructors. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's kicking himself slightly after seeing Lando's performance around Austria. Maybe he could have had the best opportunity at McLaren. I mean, I'm sure he probably was kicking himself when he saw where Ferrari were at the end of last year, but uh, mm. at least Ferrari have taken steps forward. Uh, right, let's move away from Ferrari and, and Red Bull and all that and McLaren to, uh, to Mercedes. 
Matt Smith underscore 44 asks, do you think Mercedes are seriously considering putting everything into 2022 and have sacrificed this year? Are we going to get this question every single podcast? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. It's> just, <laughs> whoever has lost the last race, are they throwing all of their eggs away now? It's and literally the Nico Rosberg explosion meme, isn't it? Literally. Um, as we kind of said last year, it's not over. It, we've had nine races. We're not even halfway through the year. Lewis, by all means, is never going to quit. And he's not going to say, right, guys, yeah, just focus for 2022. Because Lewis doesn't know how many years he's got left on this grid. And that sounds very morbid. I don't mean it in that way. In terms <laughs> yeah. of his career. He's definitely got another two he's, more. Yeah, so he's kind of he's definitely got two. Yeah, but... Yeah, but- yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, he's got two more years, but he's a, he's an old man now when you look at the <laughs> current drivers on the grid. So he'll want to win in with every opportunity he gets, especially when going into next year, we don't know who's going to be fastest. Mercedes may not be the quickest team. Williams might be the best. And George Russell signs for Mercedes. And then Nicholas Latif is world champion. You don't Sorry, know. Joke. Like genuinely. Oh like, my God. <laughs> clip this. Yeah. George Russell oh, finishes don't. 11th again for Mercedes, <laughs> failing to score a point. Oh, oh don't. Latifi right. home to it's another like victory. A nightmare. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Eggs and all that stuff. I don't think we can really really still speak about it i think when we get to sort of round 14 if max is two or three wins ahead in the points that's maybe when mercedes concede defeat but until then um, i don't think so and we've said at the end of the day this circuit flatters max and red mm. bull it's easy to say that two weekends now max verstappen has led lights to flag completely you know dominating the season but he's won he's won there twice when mercedes were dominating the season every year so it's not a bad track for them. And Silverstone, um, Mercedes are very good around Silverstone. Yeah, but Mercedes were also very ago, good around Paul Ricard. That's what I mean. Yeah, two races, <laughs> two races ago. Yeah, but they were in the mix. So, mm, true. and it pains me to say it, but there's something about Max Verstappen and Red Bull where you feel like there might be, look what happened in Baku. I think that's for me is what shows that it's not, over like things can happen reliability can happen apparently not if you lose Hamilton because he's not retired in a race <laughs> with a mechanical failure for three years now two years yeah three years it's incredible three years it? which is unbelievable but he had reliability um, problems in this race and should probably mention as well that he lost yeah around half a second a lap with some damage to the was it the rear of the car he, he had a he'd gone over apparently some bumps at turn 10 and he didn't think he'd had but Mercedes kind of came out and said maybe it was just the fragility of the parts. Yeah, like yeah. the parts were just too fragile. Maybe they yeah. were too old or something like that. I'm you did not see sure, him but... launch it over one of the. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly like. Yeah, that was afterwards though. That was after was we'd that, heard about that, it, and yeah. the commentators were like, "Oh, that might have happened there when we'd heard about five laps before they'd done it." Either way, yeah. It, it, clearly, it's just seeing Hamilton have any issue, we're like, "Oh." Oh, wow. Things are changing. In F1. I can't wait to come to uh, your prediction, Tommy, for the Austrian Grand Prix. I can't wait yeah. for you to read that one out because you are you are literally on one at the moment. You are literally, <laughs> don't ever say anything good is going to happen in my life because the absolute opposite is going to happen, okay? <laughs> oh, you're going to love my, my prediction for Silverstone oh, then. Oh, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Until we get <laughs> to predictions, let's uh, let's do ABCDF1, shall we? Play the Uh-oh. jingle. <laughs> now it's time for ABCDF1. I left out last time. Okay, thank you. So cool. uh, right, here we go then. ABCDF1 time. Remember, you can vote too. Visit WTF1.com and after the race, and you can submit how you feel all the drivers did so then you can disagree with us live on the <laughs> website. Lovely. Right, 
Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. Hmm. 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 I think. Hmm. Hmm. I've gone for B. B. Oh, you said that together. Yeah, wow. I've also gone for a B. Lovely. And the fans gave him a B. Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, I mean, poorish qualifying ish, would you say? And then decent. He got past race. Hamilton quite early on in the race. And then he got then... past, didn't he? That straight away. Yeah. It, I couldn't believe that. That, that felt like team orders to me. Or at least kind of <laughs> no, like he a... ran wide in the very next corner, didn't he? Because mm. uh, it was the Perez. Because I watched it back because I remember thinking the same. And you're like, oh, Bottas has finally got past Hamilton this is going to be interesting and it was the very next corner he yeah. ran wide the same as Perez got a bit deep and Hamilton just went up oh did he go to because I, I didn't see it on board I just saw that he was yeah. kind of on the left and then Hamilton just swooped round his outside yeah so he, 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 like he, he ran there. deep into uh the what a plonker yeah anyway <laughs> it worked out okay didn't it because uh, he finished second and overall a decent performance couldn't really do much more so oh, is it worth even a for Valtteri I mean I've gone for B because yeah. I think there is some part of like Mm. his teammate did have a problem it wasn't on pace I think again Lewis made potentially made that mistake yes I mean but then I can hear all the Tommy you Hamilton fanboy how dare you Uh, yeah exactly Uh, I I think B for Bottas because it was I don't need to be flattered by by the result it was a good performance but it wasn't Incredible. It wasn't incredible. It's a, it's, okay, I'm going to go with a B. I've also gone for a B. I think it's probably fair to give Bottas and Hamilton the same grade, even though, like you say, it will probably come out later in the week how this incident with Hamilton happened. But yeah. for now, I'm going to just go and with what Mercedes said. <laughs> yeah, with what Mercedes said, which was that the parts on his car were just fragile and broke kind of thing. Weren't <laughs> just just a little bit fragile. Just, just yeah. on the track. Um, Bottas was given an A by the fans. A lot of people saying B star in the chat, which is quite funny. B-star. Yeah, B star is the fair. Not, ha- not happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we try every week. Yeah. Uh, so Bottas got an A from the fans. Max Verstappen A star. Moving on. Easiest A star of yeah. the year, I think. It's yeah. So dominant. Just ridiculous. God, but you loved every single lap, didn't you, Tommy? It was one of those races, actually, where it, you kind of forgot he was in it. Yeah. And I, I agree. Not yeah, totally. It felt like one of the better races of 2020 where you just put in your mind that Hamilton's already won and you can forget about it and see what's going on in the midfield. And I can't believe it's happening with Verstappen in that race. You just were like, okay, this happens one, uh, what's going on in the midfield. Yeah. And then for Red Bull to just pit him and do a 2.2 second pit stop when he's 30 seconds in the lead. They're just looking so chill, aren't they? Not from the Hungarian Grand Prix. They won't be doing 2.2 second pit stops yeah, they or they might, they might still manage. Check out the F101 on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these plugs that we're doing today. Why? F1 slow down pit stops. Uh, yes, and the fans gave Max Verstappen an A-star as well. Uh, Sergio Perez. Perez. <sighs> Perez. That I've managed to change, I've managed to change <laughs> the pronunciation to the right way just for everybody watching. Uh, so you're welcome. Perez. C. I've gone for C as well. What a shame because he actually... He was in a great position. Yeah. He sorted he the qualifying played. out and then messed up the race. He did the reverse. Of all the places as well to sort your qualifying out in Austria where it's so tight and you need to do a pretty decent lap. To get third on the grid, you'd yeah. like to have thought he would have beaten Lando on track if he'd got past him. And that would have been a Red Bull 1-2, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But uh, alas, it didn't work out that way. And then maybe slightly 
overflowed with frustration when Charles tried to do exactly the same thing as what he did to Lando. <laughs> yeah. Yes. See, for, are you happy with that, Katie? I am. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your face is I not am. saying that. <laughs> no. Well, I just think that he just he like completely ruined his race, didn't he? Like, he are you going for lower? I'm I'm going to stick with the C because otherwise all of Mexico will be after me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, I just don't like seeing Checo throw away what could have been an easy one-two with the team. Um, and, you know, he was involved in a lot of incidents, although I, I still think they're racing incidents, as I said earlier in the podcast, you cannot deny the fact that Checo was under investigation a lot this weekend, which is far from ideal. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go go for a C I think and the fans gave him a C as well so there you go Lando Norris A star moving on A star easy peasy Sorry? easy yeah B? A star okay, no. which is actually yeah <laughs> I mean C, I giving somebody an A star who got a penalty during the race is an interesting that's impressive that, that is, impressive. is good yeah but I think that's it's when you've had a, a storming drive isn't it yeah, yeah. And when it's also slightly grey area as to whether or not he deserves it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, and the fans gave him an A star as well. Daniel Ricciardo, shocking qualifying, decent mm. race, B. <laughs> Tommy, anything? Uh, I'm finding anything. it so difficult to. You want to give Ricardo. him a C, don't you? You want to give him a C. I'm just too like I just expect so much more from him mm. that I just feel like a B when he's qualified 13th when his teammate almost stuck it on pole and then finished yeah um it's it's that awkward thing in a in in the grading where do you grade on like what you know his potential is or just how the Mm. year's going um because i'd say it was one of his better performances but but not for his career not for his career so see i'm pains me but i'm going for c yeah katie I will go with a B, but yeah, I'm with Tommy. Like, there's only so minus. much. Yeah, <laughs> there's only so much thing. though that I that you can do to sort of like say, oh, Daniel Ricciardo, like he he'll get it soon because you know he had the street circuits and it's like, well, that's where he's at his best and he didn't deliver. And then he was like, oh well, luckily I've got the triple header now, so I'll be able to do good stuff there. Also, hasn't happened, and it's like, okay, no, see. I think it pains me more that I have to see as someone that loves Danny Rick and thinks he's an amazing driver yeah. that he qualifies 13th, finishes seventh, and then everyone on social is like, oh, Danny Rick's back. Yeah. And I'm like, is he <laughs> like, That's not Danny that's, Rick. Yeah. Like, I know how good he that's can be. And that's, not, that's not what he is. Now that you've said all that, I'm changing my grade to a C. <laughs> uh, because, you no, know, you make very good points that, you know, yeah. we're giving him a B because we're understanding that he's struggling and that it was a better performance than what we've seen. But for Daniel, it's a very, it's a grey area, this ABCDF one. We need more more stricter rulings uh, on this all, on this yeah. all, on all of this. Uh, so anyway, the fans gave him a B, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, Charles Leclerc. So he was a very frustrated man. Uh, got out-qualified by Carlos. Yeah. Uh, got beaten by Carlos. Yeah. He That's still got points. It's... He had the worst of the two Ferrari strategies, didn't he? It wasn't, mm. it wasn't a bad race. I think it's a B. I think it's a yeah. B as well. I've gone B as well. Okay, the fans gave him a B. Carlos signs A. A. Yeah. What? Very good drive again. What I thought was really fascinating about Ferrari, and especially Sainz, was I 
can't remember that happening in since about 2011 when the Pirelli tires were so poor that if you save tires in qualifying you had an amazing advantage in the race and you used to see the person qualify 17th end up getting on the podium um that Ferrari were just happy to sack off qualifying and say let's start on whatever tire we want I don't even care that we're not going to get into Q3 and it worked like Mm. it's amazing that that actually worked out because they had the perfect strategy of Carlos starting on hards following the pack because it's hard to overtake stick him on the mediums again while everyone's tires are screwed and he raises his way to fifth um so yeah well done for well done Ferrari I was a big fan of the Carlos Sainz strategy I do I think Ferrari maybe deserve a bit of credit because they do get roasted a lot for their strategy so well done Ferrari yeah I mean they literally copy and pasted basically what they did with Carlos last weekend and said let's do it again for the Austrian Grand Prix as well just go long make it happen yes and the fans gave signs an A and the Clara B if I said that or not. But anyway, uh, moving on. Sebastian Vettel. Uh, just a bit of a mare weekend, really, for old Aston, wasn't it? Uh, it was up there at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, they said some, some, some moments of brilliance, but it kind of just uh, dissipated up. over the weekend. Yeah. He did a two-stop, didn't he, which screwed him, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously getting punted by Kimmy didn't help. Um, well, he was down in what, but no, he was already well. down yeah, he because he, the two stopped didn't work um, yeah C just a bit meh I've gone C for both Astons actually okay we'll just do that then uh, the yeah. fans have given both Astons a C and we've given <laughs> both Astons a C lovely uh, Pierre Gasly I think he was screw- he was one of the ones that was screwed by starting on the soft tyres uh, because he'd started P6 didn't he uh, Lazzy loves to start around that area most Grand Prix um, but having to pit earlier and it just kind of screwed the strategy a little bit and then gets caught up in the massive train and finished P9, I think, didn't he, Gasly? So, yeah, yeah, it's, I think it's a B. It's, it's nothing more. Yeah, I'd say B as well. Yeah, B, it's a good okay. one. Fans gave him a B. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, it was all looking so promising, wasn't it, after qualifying, P7. Yeah, great, great quality. That's where he should be, right behind Gasly on the grid. Tiny little... Uh, you know, tiny little gap, but you expect that from a rookie, but you don't expect him to forget how to do drive into the pit lane twice in a race when you were literally drove that race the previous week. (laughs) I'm very confused by it. That's one of the things that I think makes it even more inexcusable for me is they were literally driving that circuit. It's not like the first time he's ever done that pit entry in a race condition. Very bizarre. Did that cost him? Did that cost him points, do you reckon? Or... I reckon so. It probably would have been ahead of Alonso. So, yeah, yeah so, I think it ruined him. It's borderline D for me. I was going to say, that kind of mistake, fair enough once, He's a rookie. Twice. He's a rookie, but that's even bad for a rookie. Isn't D. It? I'm going to go with D for Snowden. Yeah, for making an error like that, I think. Two errors. <laughs> two, yeah, two errors. The fans gave him a C. Uh, Fernando Alonso. Uh, of course, stole that one point from George Russell that we haven't really, really spoken about, have we, Mr. George Russell? We haven't even spoken about really his no, fight no. for the, well, apart from the great battle that they had, but uh, the, the pain that, that we all experienced was uh, something that we, none of us want to really relive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fernando, he just looks so good. Just like, in, I know the Alpine, you know, sometimes isn't that great, but he seems to be already outperforming that car uh, when you look at Ocon's last two performances around here. So, uh, it's a B, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I, 
I'm absolutely gutted about qualifying because I think would have been up there. I think yeah. we could have yeah. seen something really special where Alonso does that thing where his teammates in seventeenth and somehow he puts it in P five in a car that just shouldn't be there. Um I think it's a B, it's almost an A. I think if he didn't really make the race work though, did he? Like yeah. P ten just Yeah. Uh, we are definitely seeing the old Fernando back a bit more now, which I'm very excited about. It's great. I'm loving his sassy team radios. I'm loving him just sort of being the old Alonso again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad he's back. Happy yeah, Katie? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, happy. I think you can see how much the Alpine is a bit of a difficult thing to drive. And I think he's doing very well considering. And um, I'm guessing that he's, his jaw is feeling better after the surgeries and stuff like that, which might be why his performance is getting better. I don't know, but very good. Very good indeed. Uh, Esteban Ocon, <sighs> been a horrendous weekend for him. Uh, being out in Q1 and then obviously getting wiped out. It's, I think it's an E. It genuinely yeah. is a horrendous weekend for Esteban. And you've got to, you've got to say that while it's, it's a turn one incident. You put your car there when you qualify 17th. Yeah. So, um, yeah, E for Ocon. He, he's had an absolutely disastrous time in Austria. So, well, since his since his he signed. Contract. Yeah, got his new contract. Thanks, everything's guys, gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Set Even three before years. then, in Baku, he had to retire. So that's like four races on the bounce where he's had retirements or a terrible result, which is not ideal. But Eesh. there's hope, yeah. <laughs> Are you happy, Mike? Katie? <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. give him a knee. Good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I said Alonso got B, but he did. And Ocon got a D from the fans. Kimi Raikkonen drove into Sebastian Vettel. Um, D. I've gone E. E. I don't know what he was doing on that. Actually, last it was a horrendous was big... qualifying as well, wasn't it? Again for Kimi. Mm. 16th. Finished 15th, made up a place on the final lap despite crashing, which was very bizarre. Okay, yeah, the way the penalties went. Yeah, really bizarre blunder mm-hmm. from a driver that's been in F1 forever. <laughs> yeah, since maybe the start of time. <laughs> maybe that's the reason. You know, he's been maybe finished he's been now. Told to be I was a child when he started F1 and. Wow, what, 1942? That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how long ago. <laughs> so are wow. you as well, and E as well, Katie? Yeah, not really not really ideal from him this weekend. So, yeah, I think an E is fair. Fans gave him a D. Uh, Jovanazzi? Fans are a lot nicer than us. I know. Yeah. Jovanazzi, <clears throat> C. It's <laughs> a standard C because <laughs> we don't really know what happened. No, no what happens. Um, he gets a, a point, he gets a lay or something. Like, that's how it works, right? Started 15th, finished 14th. That's a C. That's a Jovanazzi like C, C written all over. <laughs> and the fans gave him a C. George Russell, A. Uh, yeah, A, a definitely. A we're not really speaking about, yeah, we're not speaking about his, his race, but... Lost a lot of positions at the start, which I think cost him. He was down to 12th, I think, by the end of the first, well. He yeah, did a reverse of last week and really? lost positions mm. instead of made up. But Yeah, a bit of a shame. I can't believe he got into Q3 on the mediums, though. I think that, that was, was such a special moment for him to do it as well. And live actually, on the Quali Watch Along. Live on the Quali Watch Along. Another and plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it actually made, it like put them in a good position. Yeah, shame about the, yeah, if he'd, if he'd got a good start because overtaking is so difficult maybe but 
you can't write it that it's three laps to go how how close it was I know well Fernando even said afterwards he's like I was kind of hoping it wasn't Russell that I was coming up against but oh, anyone he's but Russell, such he? a yeah. fanboy uh, Alonso is yeah. Russell he loves him he he was yeah saying that yeah he was gutted there's that I love the the helmet swap that Alonso's doing with everyone and on George Russell he wrote you rock which is the like <laughs> dad thing to write yeah. I love it uh and um yeah he's been very obviously Hamilton praised Lando we also had Alonso praising Russell I don't even feel like Fernando's there to race he's just there to finish his museum like that's literally yeah, the only reason his he's helmet, there, isn't it? his helmet collection I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, yeah, so uh, the fans gave George Russell an A. Nicholas Latifi, well, I'm going to give him a D because your your teammate is just wiping the floor with you. And I feel like he almost gets kind of missed a a little bit about his performances uh, because he's in a Williams. But now I'm a little bit like, come on, mate. You know what I mean? Speed up a bit. Yeah, like Mm. surely one race you're up there. Like, do you know what I mean? But he just never is. I think that's the thing that surprised me most. Like George Russell does like flip flop a bit, but well, he's got it in Q2 at least every weekend this year, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, Q2 every weekend. Every weekend, which is unbelievable. Uh, and Latifi is never close. You know, he he is finishing with the Hasses every single every single race. There's never been a moment really where he's up there. So yeah, he needs to, well. He's got a lot of money, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> love the guy, but yeah, he needs to speed up, speed a, bit. up a little but bit. But then I don't think we really had any expectations of him being particularly great anyway from sort of the no. junior series and stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm going to give uh, D, yeah, D, Katie, happy. Yeah, I think D is fair. Yeah, fans gave him a C. Fans yeah. gave him a C, though. Interesting. Uh, Nikita Mazepin. Did you just have another one of those races? Where you what did the fans give him? <laughs> oh, I wonder. I'll get to that shortly. Um, but he had another one of those races where you just looked at the timing screen towards the end and he was about 40 seconds behind Mick Schumacher again. Uh, and then he, he was blaming blue flags on the radio. I'm like, well, where do you, what do you, I know I get it's probably frustrating that you have to slow down, but then Mick Schumacher would also have to slow down for blue flags and everyone else getting lapped for blue flags so mm. what's really the concern here like what's what's the unfair nature of it maybe you get caught in the wrong places or whatever but for me that's kind of like just a bit of a mere excuse to be honest because yeah every back marker gets lapped uh, so um d yeah, going d yeah um yeah i think it's easy. he said he's at his lowest point in the f1 season so far this weekend he's having a tough time but um the fans obviously don't care <laughs> I, don't, I say that in the grade that they've given him, not just as a general. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, oh, that's that's going to get clips, isn't I it? Love um, that. that's, that's yeah, I'm just, I'm just uh, going to stop talking. And let me follow that up with the fans gave him an F. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> to, to back up Casey's point. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Not, not just Casey going off on one, rant number three. Uh, and finally, Mick Schumacher, I, he was quite happy with his performance from what I saw um, and still spanking his teammates. So I'm going to give him a B. Um, I've gone for C because I literally don't know. Yeah, I'll give him a B. I think I think B and A is safe for when he beats Williams. To be honest, but he's spanking his teammate week in week out. What's this? What's this guy need to do? (laughs) I I really 
<laughs> Welcome really... to my Mick Schumacher TED Talk. Yeah, let's yeah. get <laughs> your TED Talk now. I really Mick wish. Mick Schumacher and Verstappen were two drivers this weekend, and science to an extent that kind of just disappeared and weren't really covered or talked about much. What, like... you, what are you going to go for, Katie? B? <laughs> no, I think I'm going to go with a C because there's how nothing. How much? Oh, how, how much? much for you to pay me? Um, we'll call it 50 quid. Okay, no, we'll go for a C then. Okay. <laughs> Says you missed it. I've just bought a really flashy sports car. <laughs> exactly. That, that's why I'm poor. That's why you're skimping. <laughs> okay, and uh, the fans gave Mick Schumacher a C as well. Right, moving on to the predictions for the Austrian Grand Prix. I went for Daniel Ricciardo doesn't make Q3 three again. Boom. And Stroll mm. beats Vettel in the race. Boom. That's a double pointer. <laughs> Thanks, Raikkonen. Um, yes, I have Tell gone me. for... <laughs> Bottas is made to move over for Hamilton in the race. I couldn't just write Mercedes team orders. I couldn't just get the point. I had to be specific. And complete opposite happened, probably for the first time ever. Like if you'd have, if I'd have made the prediction that Hamilton would be told to get out of the way of Bottas, everyone would have thought I'd lost my mind. Um, But no, of course the the complete opposite happens. Although Norris did out-qualify Perez. So well done. That's a point for you, Tommy. Katie? Well done. I went for Gasly podium as my ambitious option, which didn't happen. Um, And Alonso top 10 finish again, which I would take back if I thought that it could be Russell in that position. But yeah, I'm taking the points. You jinxed him. You jinxed him. Yeah, Yeah, it's my fault. (laughs) It's everyone's fault. You just see any tweet now that even mentions Russell being in P10. You're like, no, you've jinxed it. Right. I literally tweeted after George Russell did a stellar job to get in Q3 like George Russell you little beauty and people were like you've jinxed him now and I was like I literally just said well done have I a jinxed him say, I, I can't tweet anything without someone saying I'm jinxing it like yeah. it literally could just literally. be oh the sun is shining oh it's raining where I am thanks so much you jinxed it <laughs> it's, all no, your it's, fault. it's crazy um, right moving to the fans Alex F17335 3879 says Russell Q3 well hello there ding 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 that's a lovely point for Alex. Uh, R Shepherd fourteen thirty three Ferrari out of the points. No, and AF sixteen zero zero one Verhamper. No predictions for the Silverstone Grand Silverstone Grand Prix. Thomas the British Grand Prix. For God's sake, um, I've gone for Mercedes back to being fastest, and Alonso finishes top seven. See, I'm not going to go for this top ten rubbish. Oh, Alonso finishes in the top sixteen. You know, like, come on, Katie. Let's 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 get a. <laughs> Get a little bit ballsy. All right, you know Mister. I mean? Last week did uh, Lando Norris top five and both Ferraris in the points. Yeah, that's they're out of they're out the. Yeah, at least it's top five, not top twenty. Tommy, you're two. Uh, I've gone for the sprint and the feature race will have different winners. So let's see how that goes. Yeah. Um, and Russell points. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> he's going to have negative points by the end of that weekend. Somehow. Russell's going to get out. He's turn one. Get, yeah, he's going to get minus one point. Uh, no, somehow. he's just going to get penalty points because you're not specific. Enough. He's going to get a race yeah, bank. Russell points. The thing is, I was actually going to say something around George Russell getting points, but only in the sprint qualifying or something. Mm. I could be top yeah. three yeah. though. I think yeah, I Williams is going to be happening. horrendous. I think Williams is going to be horrendous at Silverstone just purely because the wind there is a mm. joke, and the Williams does not react very well to wind as we've seen and Austria was quite calm I think from what I saw so yeah I think I think Williams will be right back to being ahead of Haas and that's about it probably I've I've, I've given him points so yeah probably yeah <laughs> Katie your turn oh well we've not included Russell points for like so many yeah, things exactly. and he's still not got them so I don't think but it's why did Tommy have to do it out of all the people <laughs> 
that's true. Yeah, God said Tommy. Um, I've gone for more tire issues because I know Silverstone can be quite um, a challenge on these Pirellis. And Leclerc top five in quali. Or do you want me to change that to top seven in quali, Matt? What would you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you go lower, that's fine. You know, you can okay. go top two if you really want to. I don't want to do that. Thank you. Verstappen okay. right, <laughs> top two in qualifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fans, Mike underscore Sasata, four cars out in the first lap on Sunday. And R Shepherd fourteen thirty three again. Wow, we get R Shepherd's getting all the predictions in here, Tommy. He's got, he had one Is last it, week. Did he? Lovely, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Aston Martin both out in Q one, um, and being X Raul nineteen announcement of George going to Mercedes. Well, goodness gracious, me. we have that. You can have a hundred points because we are going to be enjoying that next year. But that's um, yeah. That, that's it. We are done here for the British. Nope, that's definitely not the British preview podcast. I'm just reading what's on the sheet. Uh, it's the Austrian Grand Prix uh, review, and our next podcast will most likely be a preview that we're at when we're actually there at Silverstone at our WTF1 clubhouse. Which, uh, well, are there still tickets available for that? Isn't there? There's still uh, yes, p- the picture in tent ones there are sold yep, out of so the glamping, but we've sold out of glamping. Rent. Bring your own tent. Fancy bringing your own tent, coming and bantering with us the whole weekend? Feel free. Check Don't it out. Don't need WTF1. a ticket to the race either. If you just WTF1.com forward slash clubhouse. And you can find out all the details there. Katie, final thoughts? I forgot about final thoughts, but I just thought about clubhouse is that, yeah, next podcast we'll be doing in person, which is very exciting. And get to I, actually... I, I, I refuse. I think we should do We're it. We're all going into separate tents. <laughs> separate rooms. <laughs> yeah. webcam. <laughs> oh dear, but I'm just excited to spend the weekend with you guys, the race weekend, oh, and get to oh, see how oh. we all watch a race together. Because I mean, I spent at least 50% of the race this weekend standing this close to my telly. So you get Ooh. to see that. Oh, I get very into the races. The, the animation. <laughs> well, I hope you're not going to be this close to the action. Yeah, I was gonna, people won't be able to see behind me. They'd be like, get away, you stupid woman. <laughs> you'll, be on the, you'll be on the track, to be fair, if you do. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> crazy yeah. priest man in oh god yeah or whatever yeah, yeah you boomer yeah, no one knows what that is Sorry, yeah. <laughs> what's your final thoughts tommy priest man priest man <laughs> my final thoughts are priest man no um yeah really looking forward to silverstone looking forward to seeing people again seeing you guys in in person doing a podcast going to be rather novel having been doing zooms every day for what feels no, like an eternity um, I know. So yeah, you're just a good. man in my screen tommy that's all you yeah. are you're not actually real anymore it's crazy and also probably worth mentioning if you are going to the british grand prix and you see us around we will be doing fan meetups and things like that please do come and say hello we won't kill you we won't bite we won't do any <laughs> of that we will just be simply very happy to see you because it's been so long since we've done anything with fans and uh, we're really excited to, to be able to have a chat with you guys um at the british grand prix so yeah uh, look forward to that we will do a preview podcast beforehand so that will be exciting and then we'll have internet special reactions live from our clubhouse somewhere or other and you can watch that live as well if you are part of the team wtf1 club uh, clamping experience thing so there you go you can tell i'm a salesperson uh, that's pretty much it thank you everybody my final thoughts are can't wait for british grand prix hopefully a lot of you are there see you soon goodbye that timing of that wave all at the same time beautiful gorgeous you can tell we've been doing this for far too long